Here we go. Hey, everybody. I am here with my uh, friend, Jen Strang. She is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications with the Printing Industries of America. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us, Jen. Thanks. It's great to get asked. We go way, way back. Oh, uh, very. <laughs> at, least, at least 2008, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to have a conversation with you about uh, everything that you do um, because I only have, you know, some, some shards, some aspects of, sure. of my interactions with you and, and our collective history. So, um, yeah, so you're, you're at Printing Industries of America now, but I'm interested in where you got your start. What are your humble beginnings? What is your, your superhero ah. origin, so to speak? What was the... What was the moment that you decided like marketing is for me and where did you go to school and how did you break sure. into the industry? Um, well, I actually went to York College of Pennsylvania in York, PA. Um, I was a scholarship kid. And so my goal, my vision when I first went off to undergrad was actually going to be to, um, I wanted to be like in foreign service. I wanted to be a diplomat. I, I wanted to be someone who traveled the world. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, the program that I joined was uh, dissolved uh, at the end of my sophomore like, oh. winter semester. And they gave us a choice of, you know, you can be straight political science major or you could be like a Spanish major. But um, I had just taken a class in public relations uh, as an elective in the communications department. And I realized that I was really good at that. Um, okay. I am the type of person who is like a little general. Like sometimes people who know me really well think that I'm like, kind of like Napoleon because I'm a little tiny person who's always like giving directions and orders and stuff and making things happen. Right. Um, but uh, I am definitely um, the type of person that can see like, you know, the imaginary whiteboard in front of my head and pull all the different pieces together. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously my, my writing skills and my ability to, to sort of craft uh, sentences and, and position pieces for, for different executives and people have very much come in handy in my life. So, um, so what was your, what was your first job after graduation? Um, my very first job, I actually worked for a small art college. And so I did recruiting and, um, different, uh, sort of marketing on behalf of that. Um, it was fun. It, it was a good job. I actually got to learn a lot about design. I had had a, a art minor and photography minor when I was in undergrad, but working on an actual art campus yeah. um, gave me a lot more ability to like absorb good design techniques and, and learning like what looked good and what didn't. Right. Um, I eventually left that area and moved here to Pittsburgh about 15 years ago. Was that, school, was that school in Lancaster? Uh, no, it was actually in York. So it was in it was York, a, okay. Yeah, it was a small, a small art academy. It was actually uh, bought up by the Art Institute eventually. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, I moved to Pittsburgh, and um, I had never been here before in my life. 
um, even though I grew up four hours north. Right. Uh, I had never visited it before, and I just made the decision to move. I didn't know anyone here, and I figured I'd give it a year, and mm -hmm. now, 15 and a half years later, I think <laughs> I, I did okay. Yeah, I'd say so. Pittsburgh's a great place to, uh, you know, set up shop, hang your hat, mm -hmm. you know, build a life for yourself. Um, so you're, you're at Printing Industries of America. How long have you been with them? I've been there um, a little over five years. Okay. And, so, and you, you worked your way up to vice president? Mm -hmm. I started awesome. as a senior manager. Um, basically, I was bought, brought on board originally to run the marketing department. Mm -hmm. um, there was a VP of marketing and education, but really she like was just like, I just need you to take care of the things and then let me know when I need to step in. Okay. And um, she and I had very similar personalities. Um, you know, and we hit it off like right away. Um, cool. I'd had a, an original phone interview with their HR VP and he was a very awkward man to talk to. And when I got off the phone, I was like, yeah, they're never calling me again. <laughs> and so four months later, I, yeah. I no, four weeks later, sorry. I was surprised when she called and said, Hey, I, you know, I'd like to chat with you for a few minutes about this job. And and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then after 10 minutes, she cut me off and was like, wait, wait, I, I don't want you to waste your time. Why don't you just come in and meet with me? Mm -hmm. um, so I had a job within a week. So That's great. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so Printing Industries of America, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like uh, a think tank professional association for mm -hmm. uh, the printing industry. Yeah, so we're a advocacy B, group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a B two B. It's B two B marketing that I do mostly. A little bit of B two C, but mostly what I'm doing is um, representing the organization. They are the National Trade Association for Commercial Printing. So mm -hmm. think ink on paper. Uh, packaging, signage, um, brochures, anything that you would receive like in the mail, that came from a printer. Yep. Um, yep. And even like, you know, Hallmark cards, Hallmark and, and American Greetings, those are both members of ours. Um, and names that, that people would recognize like Vistaprint and Moo, like they're all members. Um, what we do is kind of multifaceted. So we represent the printing industry in um, government. So right now, what I've been doing front lines of is writing member communications to help get print listed as an essential business federally, mm -hmm. because right now it's on a state by state basis. That's right. And the problem is that print is essential to the other essential function jobs because right. you have to keep, even if someone's like making a ventilator, you still have to create the, the paperwork that goes with that ventilator. You need to have some sort of user guide. Um, right. If they're making, you know, 500% more of those, then they're going to need 500% more of those manuals. Um, so we're trying to get that through to everybody. Um, so that's a lot of what we do on government affairs. We run our own education programs, conferences. You've mm -hmm. heard me uh, or seen me in all these different yep. places all around the U.S. Um, running conferences and 
also, um, I'm the publisher of a magazine that we put out every month, and it's it's a very uh, demanding job. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a that's a good thing um, yeah. with respect to the work that you're doing because these these organizations, these companies do need the representation, uh, especially you know during viral mm -hmm. pandemics. Yeah. Uh, how has uh, how has the coronavirus outbreak affected you guys? Um, so we are all working remotely, but quite a few of our staff um, had worked remotely before. The trickier part is uh, we run a physical bookstore, so people can purchase books from our online store. So the question is, okay, who's going to go into the office and actually fulfill those orders? Mm -hmm. um, so some of that has been a little more of a challenge uh, for us than we would have normally anticipated because there's still a physical aspect to some of the stuff we do. Right. Um, and at one point this week, I'll have to go to the office and, you know, sort of randomly, but I know how to drive the forklift. So I have to go I'll in. Do it. And, yeah, <laughs> I have to go in and take a, a pallet off. Uh, okay. the uh, off of a delivery truck. So because our, our conference is being canceled, we actually had shipments coming back. Um, right. And so I have to go drag a pallet off. Wow. Okay. It's kind of fun. I, I like be, having my forklift certification. I've whipped that out out of my wallet a couple of times to prove to someone that I can. So. Well, you know, what's interesting is that that's a transferable skill. It is. Right? It is. You never know when I'm going to need it. Like you could, you could be like, "Hey, uh, Target, I can drive your forklift." You know, mm -hmm. uh, I'll come in on weekends and and move yeah. the move your there stuff, you but or whatever. Um, so okay, so you've got you've got this really concentrated background in marketing with a little dash of poli sci, and mm -hmm. um, and you're primarily serving as a trade organization for an entire industry, which I think. Uh, as you noted, like gives you a lot of opportunity to do a lot of different things. Uh, and your network must be incredible because you have to talk to everybody and all the members and definitely I yeah. have sat next to the head of the, the, the head of Dow Jones for printing operations. Um, he, he's in charge of the wall street journal, the New York coast. Wow. Um, I, and all of this stuff, like I've sat next to him at a bar and, and had a chat. <laughs> um, but I've always, and, and I go to trade shows. I get to go mm -hmm. to like, um, how and AIGA and I'm representing print when I go to those places, but I've also built like a huge network from all those people right. that I've met there. Um, and then also just running our own conferences. Um, that is a very, um, sort of, it, it's like a advanced level of hostessing because everyone wants to talk to you and ask you a question, but you're also trying to make sure that the lights are on in this room and this is running correctly. And so it's, it's challenging, but it's a lot of fun. So. This reminds me, so I ran a conference. Well, you guys were yeah. going to, you, yeah. you guys were a partner in it. So the conference I ran in Youngstown, uh, I, re I remember having just a wonderful time. It was being, it was just mm -hmm. so surreal to be surrounded by all these people that I cared about that were friends of mine yeah. from all across the country. And then I just have that one memory of like the worst thing that happened. <laughs> you know, I will yeah. never forget that. And it was 
some noob professor, uh, mm -hmm. very green, did, couldn't figure out the, the adapter for oh. their, for the projector. Yeah. It's just like, you're like, you do this for a living. This is the one thing that you need to do wherever Whatever you go. Whatever you do, and do you not cannot, take them out of their comfort zone with technology. Yeah. That's well, like, yeah. Especially, it's, it's very especially faculty. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, nevertheless. Um, so let's, let's switch gears a little bit. So yeah. um, I want to, I want to know about um, your, your process. So mm -hmm. you're, especially with PIA, you're, open to all of the different types of conversations and stories and successes of not just your partners, but the industry of it in itself. What is your, what is your creative process for crafting a quality story that best represents your industry? Well, right now I'm putting together uh, the final issue of our magazine, which is unique in that, uh, you know, not many people get to, to like close something down. But what I have been working on is I started, uh, I, I start, it's particularly, we'll use the magazine for the example. I start with, okay, what is our theme and uh, what am I trying to tell people overarching? Um, so right now, obviously we're in the middle of this pandemic. So our members are hungry for information. They want to know how to financially survive this. They want to know how to market themselves when they're coming out or if they're still in business, how do they market themselves? How do they still get revenue going? Um, we're also doing things on preparedness. So I generally will start with an overarching theme and then do some branch out topics of what I'm looking for. Uh, what are the questions that the people, my audience wanna hear? Like, how are they going to best be served? And mm -hmm. you know, how can I do it in 24 pages? And then I go out and I try and find who I consider the most interesting experts. Um, not always going to hit that mark, but I at least give it a try. Um, that magazine, when I first started, um, had no women writers in it, which drove me bananas. Mm -hmm. And um, so now I always make sure there's at least two women that have contributed. And um, you're making sure that there's some diversity in as much as I can within within that. Um, so I kind of set little goals for myself and then go out to, to find that content and then make sure that as I'm putting it together, it flows really well. So mm -hmm. if you're talking about preparedness, then maybe you want to go into an HR thing after that. And then after right. that, you're going to go. So that way, um, there's sort of a narrative to what you're trying to do. Uh, and it, it's trickier. It, it's, there's sometimes that I get it really, it's like, wow, that is an amazing issue. And there are times where I'm like, no, didn't, didn't quite hit the mark. <laughs> um, you know, that, that room, that reminds me of, of the conversation I just, I had previous to, to our meeting. Um, mm -hmm. And I was talking to uh, a PhD and she's very much a professional writer. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about how, you know, my design students aren't trained writers, you know, God love them, but many of them just are not good writers in mm -hmm. general, 
right? And then even the marketing students that I have, however great they may be at writing, they are still not necessarily trained writers. Mm -hmm. And I myself am not a formally trained writer either. Yeah, I've taken English classes and maybe a composition class, but there's no like, there's like writing in general for literature and then there's writing for marketing. Mm -hmm. How do you learn to write for marketing? You really, you know, I don't want to say that it's a talent, but you do have to have a little bit of a gut for it um, Mm -hmm. because I know someone who's a great academic writer, but to sit down and do what he does and write like a 50 page article on whatever, that to me would be torture. Um, Imagine reading it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But then, like, and he can get, he can hit all the points and he can make sure he has all his citations. But for me, I really care about, like, the audience and making sure that my point is getting across, Mm -hmm. that I'm doing it in a sort of captivating way. Like, I cannot stand when I get like a piece of mail and I open it up and it is the most boring letter in the, nope, sorry, automatically it'll go in, into mm-hmm. the, the bin. But for me, I really am looking to capture the hearts and the minds, so to speak, of, of my audience and keep them interested. Um, yeah. and, and pulling together like creative ways to do that. So. One of our conferences was in San Diego, and so I made sure that as soon as like a massive blizzard hit across most of the U.S., I sent them a photo of what it currently looked like at that hotel and (laughs) and said, just think, in four weeks, this could be you. Mm -hmm. And and then, of course, went into all the details of why it was such a great conference and you should come anyway. But you have to like make connections. Uh, like that in order to be like sharp for marketing Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't let opportunities pass you by unless you're in the middle of a pandemic and then by all means let opportunities pass you by yes thank you (laughs) just hold your sales process like I'm not buying shit I'm not buying shoes no (laughs) like I, I appreciate that you care about me DSW but I'm not gonna buy some shoes yeah. Unless I plan on running away from a zombie and I need a mm-hmm. new pair of trainers. That's one thing. <laughs> but I'm not buying kitten heels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, thank you for saying that because I, I've gotten a lot of concerns from students that they feel like there's this expectation on them as soon as they enter the industry that like they have to be exceptional writers. And I don't believe that's the case. But mm-hmm. if you're going to go into marketing, uh, it helps to have, you may not have a style, um, but at least understand the, the functionality of language and how it's utilized, like mm-hmm. when to use a hyphen or an M dash or a semicolon and a colon and, you know, yeah. first, second, third person points of view, stuff like that. I mean, at least have a, a above average understanding of the basics. And I've trained a lot of people because of this, because they don't understand and that's not even like a new grad. I, I've had people who've come sure. to work for me who have been in the field for 12 years and they consider themselves to be the best of the best when it comes to writing. But then I read their stuff and I'm like, okay, 
how how do I put this? <laughs> um, and it's very simple things sometimes because um, you know being a B two B like a business to business uh, marketing organization and what I do, you don't say you to the person that you're writing to. You say your company because mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not the end user that's reading it that the guy that's actually going to write you the check or pull the trigger is not the person that you sent the letter to they're right. going to get it and then take it to their boss and say hey i'd really like to like buy this course or i'd really like to go to this conference and mm -hmm. so it has to be put into like words of your company will benefit from my da -da 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 -da. So. right right and so from from my perspective uh, i'm an academic and a designer in uh i've always operated in marketing circles mm -hmm. but um and so i sort of trained myself how to write and i have a, a healthy confidence in my writing I, I feel like on the academic side i got it lockdown mm -hmm. but um i in my day job I'm, i market the undergraduate business college at pitt and my supervisor uh the way that that we work is uh i basically formed the project i hand it off to uh my colleagues um at on the marketing team and they craft something, I'll edit it, add some stuff, we'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then it'll go to my supervisor, who then just distills it all down to its most mm -hmm. basics. And that's not a bad thing, because in, in higher ed communication, we're sort of uh, understanding that students don't want to have to read a whole bunch of crap that says the same thing. Oh. So we no take more. a... <laughs> right, and and we take a very minimalistic approach to the language, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's kind of interesting because I I agree with that process. I'm learning how to be a minimalist because mm -hmm. as an academic writer, I am not a minimalist <laughs> at you all. You like, it all in there. <laughs> it's very detailed, very complex sentence structures. Some of it feels convoluted, <laughs> mm -hmm. but that's academic writing. So. Um, I'm finding that we're editing and paring this stuff down with a minimalist style and it works for mm -hmm. our email blasts, for our websites, for our social media. So it's like one point of, of impression across all of our channels mm -hmm. works, right? But there's still like the creative in me, the storyteller that's just like, I want to keep, I want to keep that detail in, even though it's inconsequential to the big picture. But um, I love that word structure. You have to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I ultimately concede and we move on and everything's yeah. fine. But um, what are some examples of like a project that you've done where you just had to craft a specific narrative, you know, framework and limits and rules be damned? Well, yeah, so I actually did a really cool piece, which I was looking around my desk. I should have probably, I can send some to you for your design students, actually. Okay. So I wrote a book, uh, a small booklet with Kanika Minolta uh, this year as a partner. And so that piece, um, I actually uh, worked with a friend of ours, uh, Rachel, Rachel Arnold Sager. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so she did the design on it and I did all the writing. 
And we threw all the rules out because cool. of who the, the audience was. So the audience for this book, it's called Style It Up, and it is a book to teach des, uh, design students and young design professionals how to use uh, embellishments, digital embellishments in print, and how to not be afraid to use digital embellishments in, in your print work. And in order to, and this is where it kind of broke the rules, in order to really get through to that typical audience, I needed to describe it in a way that was relatable. Mm -hmm. uh, relatable from anyone from the age of 15 to the age of 50. So I wrote it in the sense of you style your work like you style yourself. So you're adding bling by adding gold foil or, or holographics. You're, you know, creating a style and a narrative by every time you walk out the door. So you're mm -hmm. putting on your favorite jacket, you're putting on your favorite shoes, um, you're adding little accents that make you unique and make you stand out. And then describing it in a way to the students so that don't be afraid to, to use these because this is what's going to make your work stand out. This is what's going to help your client stand out. And then when it gets down to the more technical side of how to put the, the stuff to actually together, uh, you know, building layers in, in design or building layers in your, uh, your like Photoshop file, that's when I talk about, you know, you layer your clothes, like as you're walking out the door. So you have your underwear, your jeans, you add a shirt, then you're adding a sweatshirt, then you're mm -hmm. throwing a jacket on and her hat. So every layer is a different embellishment, but it's the same way that you would layer your clothes. Right. Um, and they one piece accents on top of the other. Um, it's a cool little book. It's like the size of a, a CD. So it's like five by five and it's hot pink and with, <laughs> with a pair of spot UV shoes on the front that like yeah. give it texture. Um, but I worked with Rachel to put it together because I wanted something that was very like on trend as far as the look of it. So people, mm -hmm. when they, I took it and beta tested it at How Design Live last year. And when people saw it, they were like, ooh, what's this? And then when they picked it up, I would talk to them a little bit about it and they wanted to know what app I was selling. And I'm like, no, no, hmm. you don't need an app. You already have all the tools to do this right. yourself. And they're like, what, really? <laughs> and so I apparently made it look so good that people thought it was a new product, um, nice. which made me very proud. But in the writing and everything, I'm very, um, very informal in the writing. I talked, you know, I, I think I use like more colloquial sort of fun language and everything. Um, I got a little cheeky with some of it. Like there's a, sort of a spiked dog collar on the back. Um, so it's just, it's just a fun piece. And it was good to do something that didn't have a ton of rules to it. Did you throw a yin's in there? I did not throw a yin's in there. Sorry. <laughs> no one would get it. No. <laughs> I'm anti-yin's. Yeah, I'm no, anti no. I, well, no, it's I, really I, funny. I will only say nebby. That's my only Pittsburghese. So. You know what's funny is my daughter says Pittsburgh. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah, well, mm. uh, I think Erin probably did too when she was younger and she grew yeah. up here. So it's I didn't. 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, kind of uh, coming to the end of our conversation here, yeah. one of many, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, what advice do you have for uh, senior marketers and designers looking to enter the field in, I don't know, really less than a month? Yeah, so uh, twofold, I would say make sure that you have um, a diverse portfolio of skills. So if you can know a little bit about writing and also be a designer, great. If you can do photos, great. Um, from the marketing side, if you can be able to communicate with a designer, how you want something to look but use it in a I don't like that that's not pretty like that's not the way that you need to to do that there's tons of online learning uh for just about any topic that you can think of so especially now if people are sitting at home or if they have time on their hands like learn go to these online classes like yep. you can get them through your local library a lot of times it has like LinkedIn learning Exactly. Um, yeah. And so like learn as much as you possibly can so that you can say, oh, I know a little bit about that or, you know, I dabbled in that, but I'm sure I could pick it up or I'm sure that I could help you with this project. Sure. Knowing a little bit about a lot of things is what has gotten me where I'm at. Absolutely. And then when it came time for me to learn something more, I did. And so that was a really important thing that I learned very early on. And that's how I have an undergrad in PR with a minor in art and photography. So I made sure that I could serve a dual purpose wherever I went. And that was you, really it. Yeah, you've got, the, you've got the writing, the marketing, the visual media. So you have all of these sort of connected adjacent skills mm -hmm. um, instead of like, I was a chemist in undergrad and now I'm in professional marketing. Right. So, you know, if you're, if you're working for a chemical company doing marketing, that would be perfect. But uh, it would be great. <laughs> the second uh, point I yeah. wanted to make though was, and I find this across the board, not just marketers or designers, but a lot of students, um, people that have been interns in my office, um, working on your problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure right now a lot of people are, are really working on their problem solving skills, trying to figure out how to work from home or study from home or right. you know, make their own meals when they possibly never cooked before. Um, but being able to um, take a problem and try and figure it out yourself, ask the important questions, don't expect people to, to do it for you. And then also in the sense of um, when you're when someone does give you a pro, uh, like a task, maybe it's something that you're not completely comfortable with, but really read it and then say, oh, well, yeah, I think I know. And then go back to the person and say, did you want me to do it this way? And mm. always clarify if there are any questions. Yes. Um, that's, the, that's the big thing in problem solving. Um, being paralyzed by the idea of not knowing how to do something is something I see a lot that people do. And if you don't know how to do it, ask a couple of questions, get a feel for it, and then yep. move on. Um, don't just sit there in fear 
Like that, that's something that I see a lot of. Um, and, you know, I didn't know how to do that. I'm like, okay, well, come and ask me and I'll show you how. And um, if you don't know, you'll figure it out together. Right. And there's always Google. Like, true. I, I will say my, my younger cousin, she is 23 years old and she just got a job as an event coordinator for uh, an esports company. And her background is in poli sci. She, and at first they weren't interested in giving her the job, but she could figure out how to get onto Zoom to, to do the, her initial meeting. Uh, she figured out how to get into the building, which is very complicated, and they were very impressed with her. But more importantly, they asked her, okay, we're going to ask you to do this. If you don't know how to do something, how, how would you handle it? And she mm -hmm. said, well, first thing I would do is ask my good friend Google. And then <laughs> if I still don't know the answer, if I still can't find the answer, she's like, then I'll reach out to people that I know could help me. And she used me actually as an example. She was like, my cousin actually does this for a living. So I try and ask her too, because I bet nice. she would have to do it better than other people. They got and a secondhand consultant with you. Yeah. And then yep. that was exactly, they were so impressed with her answer. And they, they told her that that was like the answer that got her the job was that she was just like, well, first I'll just Google it and see if the answer is there mm -hmm. or if there's a book I can buy or a video I can watch. And they were just like, oh yeah, no, you're good. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, how, uh, if, if my students have uh, questions for you, if they're interested in learning more about Printing Industries of America, um, or, you know, even uh, entrepreneurship, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be exploring some ideas for some personal consulting on the side. Yes. Um, how can, how can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more? Uh, it's my email is up and running on my website. Um, my website's not active yet, but I do have the email running. It's Jen, J E N N at jenstrang.com. Definitely include those two N's because yeah, if you just have N's. one, she's not responding. Jen two N's, strange no E. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, thank you for your time. Uh, this was great and, uh, we'll do this again, hopefully really soon. Yeah, I know. I'd love to talk to you more about my next project. Yeah. Well, real quick. What, what is that next project? So because of a merger, my job is actually becoming redundant. Um, I could have kept my job if I would have, would have wanted to move to Fairfax, Virginia, but, um, no, exactly. My sentiments, I was not interested. So on May 1st, I'll be launching my own marketing and communication company. And I'll be taking on clients, not just from the printing industry, but also from, I'll be very agnostic for the most part about where I'll, cool. I'll take people in. Um, but I have a lot of really great connections. Um, little worried about starting a business in, in this economy because of everything. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of businesses that need help in the recovery process from this and I'm going to be more than able to help them. So I just don't get to go to That's Key West excellent. on vacation first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you'll do great. Best of luck. And uh, if I got any students out there that are interested in seeing uh, Jen's company come to life in real time, give her a yeah. holler. Thank you. Have a good yeah. day. All right. Take care.